You are listening to the Fan Club Podcast, where two polar opposites experience each other's fandoms for the very first time. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fan Club Podcast. My name is Sarah. This is Matthew. And if my voice sounds like this, that's because I'm recovering from a cold. It sounds a lot worse than it is. This, I'm slightly losing my voice though, so I apologize. Great. Um, but we can't delay this recording any more than we already have, so this is what I'm going to have to sound like. Yeah. So Pushed it back as far as, as long as we can. And... So we are recording this on Sunday, and this goes up on Wednesday. So the closest we've ever pushed it. Yeah. Um. So this is our Hawkeye Part 1 episode, so we will be going over the first three episodes of Hawkeye today, and then... Friday, we'll be going over episodes four through six. Yes, and we'll be doing the same for Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, just to make things easier for us. And then in and the beginning then, of G- de- December, Mondays, one movie a week. Yeah. Episodes. Till we get to January, which we'll have She Hulk and Miss Marvel to cover. Yep. Um, but those will be like one off, like, um, like a whole month. No, like it'll it be was. like maybe a week. And then a TV, sh- a TV show, movie, TV show, or something like that. Yeah. This show specifically with Hawkeye, because Black Widow came out right before it, it makes things a little bit confusing in terms of our timeline. Yeah. Um. But know that Black Widow, which we'll be covering in two, in three weeks, yeah, will be, will take place before this. So it'll have a lot of the answers for the second episode of Hawkeye. And we'll get into this a little bit more when we start talking about episode four, because that's when kind of dominoes start to fall. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, having not seen Black Widow currently as of recording right now, um, I was a little bit lost in that regard. Yeah, that's what I completely forgot. I didn't know that it really played that much of a key role until Sammy from Team Unicorn DM'd me and was like, oh, I didn't realize that this was, this was a domino that was about to fall. Um, she didn't phrase it like that. <laughs> like, Yeah, I um, completely forgot. Otherwise, I would have had us do Black Widow first. Yeah, I, I... I it's part- the same reason why I want to wait for Miss Marvel, just because she is in Doctor Strange. So, I don't want to spoil some stuff with her. Yeah, part of me in some ways, wishes that we may maybe stuck to our normal, our normal like release date schedule, and didn't. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to get all of the main MCU shows out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked how we did this with the month of November being TV show month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> despite it being a lot of work. Yeah. Um, lots and lots of work. But. Overall, what are your thoughts on Hawkeye, at least the first half of it? I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say for the first half. I'll have more to say for the second, just because the second has all the trick arrows. Yeah, I feel like, I feel similarly about Hawkeye that I did about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that the first half was a little bit, I hesitate to use the word drags, um, but but I wasn't... It had to introduce a ton of new people. It had to introduce the... It had to introduce the tracksuit mafia. It had to introduce Kate Bishop. It had to introduce. I wasn't fully on board until probably episode four. Yeah, that's how. That's how you've been with a lot of the TV shows. Yeah. 
first half is I mean that it's the same for a movie. The first half is usually boring and then the second half is I don't when think Hawkeye is necessarily boring. Or, I don't mean boring. Per se. I mean like think like It's a lot of um a lot of exposition and a lot of character development. Think like Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. He doesn't really pick up until the Revengers are born, like halfway yeah. through. But it's like it's exactly how I felt with with Falcon and the Winter Soldier that like once once, once the action started. Once um John Walker killed the, the flag smasher dude, I was like, Okay, yeah, I'm in. Like You were in during the highway scene for Hawkeye is when you're like, Okay, I'm I'm in now. Yeah, yeah. That scene was insane. So anyway, the first episode is called Never Meet Your Heroes. Mm-hmm. And um I'm gonna try in in these episodes not to go a hundred percent scene by scene just because we are covering three episodes in an episode. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna try to we're gonna try to like cover as comprehensive as we can. So we start off with the war of The Battle of New York. Yeah, the Battle of New York. But it's from Kate's perspective. Yes. So the bit that we see is the Hawkeye scene where he's shooting all the Shatari on the roof. And he jumps he jumps off the building and then like it's the same scene it's, as when yeah, he yeah. Like, shoots Loki with an arrow and Loki catches it and blows up. It's the it's classic. It's the classic Hawkeye shot of where he like, jumps off it, the building front facing and then flips. Yeah, and then shoots up yeah. to the building. Yes. It's a very classic Hawkeye shot. Yeah. So, Kate Bishop is probably my favorite sidekick. Because I loved her in this. That's the thing. There hasn't been a whole lot of like sidekick characters. Because I'm not going to call Bucky a sidekick. I'm not going to call Falcon a sidekick. I'm not going to call... Because... And Spider-Man is technically a sidekick to Iron Man for Civil War. I think once you get further into the MCU, sidekick is a hard word to define. That's the thing. She's the only true sidekick character in the MCU so far. Because there really hasn't been a sidekick. Yes. Tony had Harley in Iron Man 3 for a little bit, but it's I wouldn't call him a sidekick. Because I think sidekicks, you like think superhero... Of like Robin. Yeah, but superhero sidekicks after a certain era were not really a thing. Like, especially within the MCU, like, early, early on, we had, like, War Machine and Bucky and, you know, but past a certain point, both of those characters stopped That's... really necessarily being sidekicks. Like, I would say... Bucky was a sidekick, not Winter Soldier. Yeah, but, like, after a certain point, yeah. Bucky became his full-fledged own yeah. person. And then, that's, I wouldn't even say Winter Soldier, or not Winter uh, War Machine was a sidekick. At the beginning, he was. No, he was still working for the government. So, this scene, there's a flashback to, um, obviously this whole scene is being told from Kate's perspective, but yeah. her parents are arguing, and I didn't realize this subtext until I watched a um, new rock stars video who does a bunch of like Easter eggs for the MCU yeah. and stuff. And he pointed out that Eleanor, the mom is very um, emotionally distant when talking about Kate. Yeah. And so it like rewatching that scene with that in mind really did put into perspective like, what we learn later about her. Yeah. Um, Just the way that she talks about, you know, because the parents are having an argument and they're talking about where they want to send Kate long term. And Eleanor is very quick to, like, give her up. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, very um unlike, I feel like, a typical mom yeah. would be. She felt 
to me, having, like, yeah, she just felt, she just felt very emotionally distant from that scene in hindsight. I did not pick up on it, obviously, in the beginning, but. Oh, so we basically see Kate looking out, there's a blast in the wall, and she's looking out, and she sees Clint. That's the classic scene. Yeah, and. Which I thought that was cool that they. It's from a different angle. Yeah, but I still think that is cool because they had to... It's a shot for shot, like, move to move. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, And basically there's a big explosion and a Shatari ship is about to come right into the building and it's blown up and basically we learn that Clint saves her. I want to rewatch that scene in Avengers and see if that scene sort of exists. Yeah, I mean, I think... More than likely, or I'm not what saying it... like you'll see a little girl or something. No, no, no. We'll but... see if if he shoots a Shatari. If if he shoots there's a big explosion the, close to a building that looks like the building well, she lived in. From what I understand, just based on the Easter egg videos that I have seen, it, it we don't see much of Clint during that whole battle, and so it's very easy to assume that he was just elsewhere. But that's the thing, that whole, that whole thing took place at that specific time. Also, I did... that roof. I feel, when... like, feel like I'm just recounting this entire new Rockstars video. Go go watch his Easter egg videos. But um, he pointed out that... Um, so, the... From per- Kate's perspective, the Battle of New York is far more condensed than it is in Avengers, mm-hmm. which is because it's being seen from a New York New Yorker's perspective, it happened a lot faster from their eyes than it did from the Avengers' eyes. So basically we learn that her dad dies. And then we see Kate becoming a master archer, master like model well, artist. First, this little intro sequence. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. I think all the MCU shows have pretty cool intro sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, in the age of streaming, we're all skipping through most of them. But Loki's is still the coolest, because Loki's was the changing letters, which showed it could be... I know this is a previous one, which I probably should have brought up in Loki. I think we talked about it at some point. But, like, I believe each letter that pops up on the title sequence is a different variant, like, show? Oh! Is like, the different sense? font? Yeah. Because the L O K I is like all each letter is a different font, and then there's also like fifteen different fonts that pop up for it. That's an interesting. Um, but let's. But yeah, I thought the intro sequence was really cool. It reminded me a little bit of, um, some of the intros for Wandavision. But that's the thing. This is really, we don't have another real intro sequence. But it's the best way because it's basically chronicles. It's a, it's it chronic- a montage. It chronicles Kate's life growing up. Yeah, it's a. Um, intro montage and i think it's really interesting the way that they did that instead of showing in in the actual show they showed in the intro sequence mm-hmm. um they kind of yada yada it a little bit yeah um so basically we learn we meet kate as i guess an adult is, she's she's 22 is that the only montage in this entire show was that I'm not sure. Because I don't... We get, we get like, a like a building montage and they're doing all the trick arrows. But I'm thinking more like a fighting montage, like in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So, present day Kate is trying to get up to the top of what I thought was a church, but actually it's a bell tower. Mm-hmm. And At her college. No, it's actually Stain Tower. Oh. It looked like it was, like, a 
in like a college. No, it, she shoots the bell tower on top of Stain Tower. Oh. And I, I don't know if it's actually owned by the Stains or if it was just a reference to Obadiah Stain or what. I mean, he, I mean, Obadiah Stain in the MCU was also from a wealthy family already. Yeah, but it's just so it could. Um. But. So I love that this show was set at Christmas time. Yeah. But. What I love about this is that it's not, it's not, Christmas is the backdrop, but it's not, like, it's explicitly a Christmas show. Yeah. Supposedly it was inspired by Die Hard. I've never been interested. I've never seen it. I think I've seen the fifth one. I didn't know there were five. Um, um, we meet up with Clint and his family, and they're at a Broadway show of the Avengers Battle of New York sequence, which I thought... Called the Rogers. But it's very clearly, the poster is very reminiscent of Hamilton. Yeah. Like, the yellow and the way he's standing. Um, but honest, honestly, I'd watch an entire show. I wouldn't. That music, like, that one song that they played was kind of fire. Like, you can watch the entire four minutes on YouTube. Um, but I do think it's a little odd that that they've like almost like almost made Steve Rogers as this like mythical character almost. But no one knows what happened to him. I know, but it's so bizarre. After saving Thanos, he just disappeared. That's why, like in um, Falcon Winter Soldier, Joaquin Cortez or whatever his Torres. name is, Torres. Was asking, is Cap living really living on the moon? Because no one knows what happened to Cap. They they mythologize him a lot, which is really interesting, and they they make Cap kind of star of the show. Because I mean, think about it. He was big in the fifties or World War Two, and then he disappeared for seventy years, and then he came back magically, and then he disappeared again. Important person disappears and reappears. They sort of get idolized and memorialized. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, um, I also think it's really weird that, like, Clint's family would have wanted to go to this show. It might have been Hawkeye was curious, but, you know, Hawkeye, his kids probably wanted to go. Like, would you take your kid to a Broadway musical based on your life? Because I think that's a little all weird. Um, because his kids presumably know all of this. Mm-hmm. They probably met all, they have met all of them. The only one that has it was uh, Nathaniel. With the baby, yeah. yeah. Nathaniel Pietro. So, Kate arrives back home, and she her mom is pissed because she's done damage to this building. Oh, we learn that Hawkeye's deaf. Yes, true. We learn that Hawkeye is deaf, which I am actually... His, his, uh... Hearing aid. Hearing aid. So, he's not, he's not, he's deaf, or he says he's just hard of hearing. So, it's believed that because of all of the battles and stuff that his ears were damaged. Which makes sense because I mean I just wish that they referenced it before. Which explains why he doesn't really know a ton of sign language. Like So it could have it could have been a part of going back in time something like that. Well he's had a number of explosions that have happened like right next to him. Didn't he I don't remember the whole um, quote unquote fight scene on Voldemort. Yeah. For Soulstone, maybe his head during the fight like hit the side of the rock when he and Natasha were fighting to sacrifice themselves. Well, I know like during the Battle of New York, he gets like smashed through a window, 
and then there's there's like an explosion somewhere yeah, near so, him. So I mean, it could have just been a long time thing coming. I mean, he was a shield agent for twenty plus for twenty years. Yeah. And then he was a criminal before that. Yep. So Which, yeah. If you guys want to know more of the criminal past of Hawkeye, check out our Patreon because I'll have a deep dive on that. Yep. Yeah, Matthew's been doing um a bunch of deep dives out over on our Patreon of a bunch of characters. We have a whole um we have a whole bunch of them from Falcon the Winter Soldier. We have one on Sharon, Bucky, John Walker, all of them. Um, so go over to our Patreon for that, as well as you get, um, the episodes a whole day early. Yeah. So. And if there's any people you want to know, or comic arcs, let me know what you guys want to hear. So, um, yeah, Kate arrives home, and her mom's pissed, and she basically is like, um, these rich people, rich people think that they're invincible, and young people have always thought they were invincible, and And you're both. Yeah. Um. Is it a thing that's wrong when you're young you think you're invincible and rich people are it's also implied that her mom wasn't the one that was born into money but she married into it yeah so this is relatively new for her yeah whereas for kate it's been her whole life i mean like rich people i think rich is relative but or like new york rich like there's a difference between rich and wealthy and they're wealthy yeah like wealthy people can or some wealthy people believe that they can get away with whatever. And then young people think they can get away with whatever. Well, I think especially when you're, like, 19 to, like, I would say 24, there's that point in time where you're, like, you make a lot of mistakes, but, like, mm-hmm. you somehow always bounce back because you're that at that age where everybody just kind of thinks you're stupid because you are. It's very easy to feel invincible at that age. So we basically learn that her mom has a new boyfriend. That uh, Kate also got another martial arts award. And then we see Clint at dinner with his kids at a Chinese restaurant. And he's basically, keep in mind, he's also missed like five years of Christmases with his kids. So he's like trying to be the dad of the year. Yeah, because his kids got blipped. Yeah. His entire family got blipped, which... Will take will be more important later in the show. And multiple people up until this point have recognized Clint, and he's clearly very uncomfortable with it. Because I mean, think about it: when he was in Shield, his job was to stay hidden. His he wasn't supposed to be out in the open like Steve Rogers. Yeah. Or Iron Man, or Hulk, or Thor, or because Black Widow and Shield agents were supposed to stay in the shadows and spy and so he gets their their meal gets comped by the restaurant for saving new york and and saving the world which makes him even more uncomfortable basically kate has to go to this work function with her mom and she chooses to wear a tux which i think is a power move because her mom basically says like oh i picked out a red dress for you and she chooses to wear a tux instead but i do think that it was a power move for her a because she was rebelling against her mom, but also I just think I I don't know I just think that that was a power move in general. Yeah. Um. Very few women, in my personal opinion, can pull that off, and she did. So. Yeah. Um. She she sees her mom arguing with Armand the third, and we basically learned that um Eleanor and Jack are engaged. Yeah. And like, Kate is pissed about it. I mean, wouldn't you too if... Some... I don't know, my parents have been married for 40 no, years, but, so... <laughs> like, if you were told by a family friend that your parents were engaged, 
Don't you think you would be a little annoyed that they didn't tell you? Um, so basically, she stumbles across some kind of black market auction. She doesn't come across as she's trailing uh, Jack. She doesn't trust Jack. I mean, would you? Not at all. And they're auctioning off some kind of retractable sword from the Avengers compound. The Ronin sword. And someone crashes into the building. So, yeah, so they they did the Ronin suit, and then they did the Ronin sword. Which, if you remember, we saw the only time we've seen Ronin was Hawkeye after his family got blipped. Mm. And in the chaos, the, um, Jack, yeah. the fiancé, steals the sword. Yeah, so the black market auction was stuff stolen from the Avengers compound after Thanos' attack. And Kate puts on the Ronin suit and attacks. She doesn't know what it is. No, she's just trying to cover her face. And there's a dog outside that attacks the, the dude that finds the Avengers compound watch. And so she... No, she doesn't take it. No, she chases after the dog. Yeah, and then Clint sees the news story on TV. That Ronan's been spotted after a couple years. And she takes the dog to her apartment. Um, Is it Eleanor? No, it's Kate that finds Armand dead. Yeah, because she goes to Armand's house to check something out in the suit and finds him dead. She leaves, and then she gets attacked by the tracksuit mafia. And then Clint corners so, her in the street and or clint saves her from the mafia yeah and they talk and he's like god you're hawkeye you're just a kid yeah and that's the end of episode one and episode two is called hide and seek yeah there's a lot of dialogue in the first three so we're going to skip a lot of it and summarize a good chunk so she's super starstruck the tracksuits find out where she lives the apartment basically torched the place which i'm sorry I just have to ask. I've never been to New York. Yeah. Are there really apartments above, like, yeah. restaurants and, like, fast food well, places and stuff? Okay, keep in mind, it's an island. True. Manhattan is an island, so there's very few places. Usually, and this is actually very common in Europe as well, where, like, the ground floor will be a business, mm-hmm. and then there'll be apartments on top. Would you get a discount at the restaurant if you live above it? I don't know. Because I think I... I never actually lived in New York. I lived in Jersey. If if I owned a business in New York and people lived above me, I would be like, hey, if you live in the building, you get, like, 20% off. Because it might be, like, a friends and, fam- friends and family thing. Maybe. But I'm like... But it looked like she lived right above... The she building. does. So, I mean... Is it... It's, what, a pizza place? Yeah. You must really like, love pizza to live looks, above a pizza place. It look well. She said she inherited it, and it looks as okay. though it's like a secondary dining room to the pizza place because there's like a table and chairs like, um, like bolted into the ground. But it looked like she lived like on a floor above. No, I know, but it might be like a store. It might might have been a storage room. Maybe for the pizza place, or they were throwing out the pizza plate or the table, and so she just took it. Yeah, I don't know. So, I was wondering if the Ronin suit is fireproof. Because it's just sitting on a chair, completely fine. It's leather, and leather is fire pr- or fire resistant. Yeah, we we find out that uh, it's fire resistant. Well, then why do they barbecue it at the, be- at the end? Spoils. I'm just saying, if they no. knew that it was fireproof, then why no, did they do fire that? fire resistant is different than fireproof. I don't know, it survived the fire and the LARPers got it. 
So, I mean, it might have not gotten hit by the flame, because not everything got destroyed. So, basically, they go to her aunt's place, who's away, and that's kind of like their safe house throughout this entire series, is the aunt's house. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so they go, yeah, so they get to the aunt's house, and it's weird, so it's, what, Eleanor's sister? I don't know. Like I'm, I'm guessing? Well, because the new rock stars, they said that, or he said it was, um, the aunt was, like, in the MCU universe, was, like, an actress that made, like, old movies. Because, like, her name is on a bunch of movie posters. Yeah. Her apartment was super nice. Yes. It looked like it was close to... I don't know. Well, because Kate's apartment, the her mom's apartment, it rather. Looked... Her mom's apartment is Park Avenue, which is, like... It's, like... The penthouse. Yeah, but it's also... I'm, like, 99% sure is the same apartment as Blair's apartment from Gossip Girl. Okay. I'm, like, 99% sure. It looks very familiar. Okay. Um, it could, possibly. I don't know. So, basically... I mean, I doubt it, just because there's not a whole lot of places that the MCU will sh- share with other places. They redecorated, but the structure of the apartment's the same. Yeah. I mean, it could just be a, a penthouse in the same building. I don't know. So, Clint disguises himself as a firefighter to get into the apartment, and he sees on the window LARPers. Yeah. Like, a LARPing association sticker. And he realizes that it's not there, and so he looks up that sticker. Mm-hmm. And he looks up what looks like to be TikTok, but you know what I mean? Instagram. Maybe. I don't know. They can't use real names of stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks like a mixture of Instagram and TikTok. I remember, this is such a tangent, and, like, two people will get this reference, um, but in Degrassi, they would make, like, fake um, social medias, I mean, and they were all, like, so cringy names. It's not as bad as uh, the iCarly, or the Drake and Josh universe. Well, like, they did a whole se- the whole episode, but this is so, so tangential, but, like, they did a whole episode where... Snapchat was heavily involved, but they called it oomph chat. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, stupid. That's still better than the pear phone in like iCarly and Victorious and all that, where the phone is shape of a pear. Well, it's like the slap.com. Yeah. Which is like so clearly Twitter. I was thinking slap was more like Facebook. At the time it was probably more closely resembling Facebook. Yeah. Um, bu- bu- bu. so basically they call, they start calling the dog Pizza Dog, which I think is sweet. So they were trying to find a name and they, Kate just said Pizza Dog and the dog like perked up. And I love that Clint is kind of like a dad to her. I but think it's really did sweet. Did you know something with the dog? What? He has one, he has one eye. Yeah. So basically he sends, he sends his kids home and his little guy is signing, mm-hmm. which is like so sweet. Yeah. Which also fits your theory that he's more gone deaf well i mean a lot of people teach their toddlers to sign Mm -hmm. so like just simple like more and mama and dada i learned something today from tiktok actually so there's this tiktoker that i listen to or it's a family and like the daughter is like deaf Mm -hmm. and apparently the co-ecular ear uh the cochlear implant yeah can actually connect to Bluetooth devices. We had this whole conversation earlier. Yeah, but I'm like... Because we were having a conversation about how Clint was talking to his wife. Like, he was talking 
Yeah. On like and we on a Bluetooth headset. And we weren't sure if that was actually like real or not, and it is. Yeah. Because I, I saw this really sweet video of um it was the mom was hearing, the dad was deaf, and the little girl was hearing. Mm-hmm. She was probably like two or three. And they were talking about their days over dinner. And the dad signed something, and the little girl just like randomly started interpreting it. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, it's crazy how kids can pick up on that stuff. I mean, kids pick up on everything. Um, I love Kate's outfits in this show. Like, this scene specifically, the morning after they sleep at the aunt's house... It's, like, it's very clear that she raided her aunt's closet. hmm But it's, like, her clothes are so intentional and so quirky and weird. But, she, I mean, look at Kate, though. She's quirky and weird and... But it's, like, she she didn't clear... She didn't just grab the first thing she saw. She clearly put together an outfit. You sure? I just... I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I personally wouldn't be wearing it, but I thought it was cool. hmm Um, Kate meets with her mom and Jack, and it's pretty hostile, and Clint goes to a LARPing event in Central Park to get the suit back. Listen, I have no room to talk. Um, I played a fictional sport for three years. <laughs> if you if you don't know, I played Quidditch in high school. Um, look up how people play Quidditch in the real world. I don't have time to explain it here, but I have no room to talk about LARPers, because it's, like, very much a similar thing. Yeah. But, like, they're, they're a specific breed, I'll put it that way. Clint has to... So Grills, the the main gentleman that he meets there, basically asks to fake kill Hawkeye. Clint. Because that would boost his standing in the LARPing in their group if he fought Hawkeye and won. I have a note here that Jack reminds me of um, one of the townies from The Sims. If you've ever played The Sims, Mortimer Goth. Um, if you had never played The Sims, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, no. How do you know The Sims' name? I used to play a lot of Sims. Okay. If you want to continue playing it, I have it on my Xbox. No, I am. I think I also have all the DLC for for it. But yeah, if if you know The Sims, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, disregard this. But Jack looks exactly like him. I'm still trying to pull the name out of thin air. They're basically, that whole family is... In, they're NPCs. They're basically inspired by the Adams family. And he's very similar to um, Gomez? Yeah. When I played Sims, I would like put Sims in a room and then move the door. And then do like the money cheats and all that. Basically, Kate challenges Jack to a fencing match because she's super suspicious of him. Suspicious. suspicious. I cannot. She and Jack. super suspicious of Jack. Jack lets her win. She gets mad. And, like, forces him to, like, tell the truth. Which, then she uses that he's lying about other stuff. Which I'm like, does it, though? He's letting you win because you're going to be his stepdaughter. Yeah, and he offers her a monogrammed butterscotch. Um, which is the same butterscotch that was in Armand's home. Yeah, but, I mean... But, like, that's his, his uncle. Yeah, he probably has a ton of it. His uncle is probably like, oh, here's a handful one day. Um, Clint meets up with the tracksuits. Or no, so Clint puts himself as to get captured. Yeah. To find out and who their leader is. Kate uses this, like, special app because her mom runs a security company. So she uses To track her- him. Yeah, and then she gets captured. 
Hawkeye is talking with like the the tracksuit mafia different the stuff. doofuses. And they're just r- low level criminals. And they're such doofuses. But they are funny though. My favorite one is the um the one that bought the Imagine Dragons tickets. Yes. Is it so he can like make up with his girlfriend or something? It was a gift for his girlfriend and a gift for him that they fought, and then the, his girlfriend's taking her best friend. And he asks Kate for advice. Okay, so this is all going to be in episode three. Episode three is called... Oh, yeah, Echoes. we meet... We, meet, we Maya. meet Maya at the end of episode two. And Echo starts with Maya in 2007, where she starts a new school. Maya is deaf, mute, and an amputee. Basically, there's this little... She has this conversation with her dad. The dad is played by... um Her uncle. I don't think it's her dad. It's her dad. Okay. Um, her dad is played by, you know, in, uh, Westworld, the, uh, Native American guy? That's him! Yeah. I was like, why does he look familiar? Yeah, he's the name, I can't think of the character's name off the top of my head, but. He was the one that, um, the man in black scalped to get the map to get to the center of Westworld. Yeah. Because the map was in his No, I'm pretty sure, like, Maeve helped him get to his family or something like that. No, no, not that Native American dude. May or Maeve helped the difference. The guy with the white face with the black yeah, markings. No. Um, which one did the man in black scalp? Was it? I don't. I haven't watched that show in so long. If if you guys want us to cover Westworld, just recently got canceled. Yeah. If you got, I will if, do them all on Patreon. If we, if we get enough people asking for it, then we'll gladly do it on Patreon. Yes, just because that one will have more adult content we'll have to talk about. We could do Game of Thrones on Patreon, then. It's gonna be, like, a year and a half. But Westworld, I can cover, like, half of the season in, like, an episode or two. Yeah. Um, so basically, she she has this really sweet conversation with her dad, um, com- mostly in sign. Um, and it's, like, leads me to wonder, like, why didn't she ever want to get a hearing aid or anything? I think because she was so used to because she also grew up in, I'm guessing, a poor area where she couldn't. I mean, this afford. is coming from a person that is not hard of hearing or anything like that. Yeah. So I guess but it comes from a place probably, of privilege. I think. I'm guessing probably back in 2007 when she was a little kid and deaf, it might have been too expensive for her family to afford one. Because it's it's because very clear asked, because... it's very clear that the way that she reacts to Clint's hearing aid is very. Like, you're relying on it too much. Yeah. Like, so she's against it. So I think she, because she grew up without one. because like, She she made it just fine without one. Yeah. Because I think when she was a kid, she asked her dad if she was going to get a hearing aid for Christmas or something. He's like, not this year. We can't afford it. Oh, I didn't catch or that. Or something. I think it was something along those lines. He's, he says, maybe next year. Okay. I mean, that's not to or say... Or he said, why am I different? I wish I could also hear. He's like, you may be able to hear next year, maybe. Or something That's like not to that. say you need a hearing aid to survive. No. I'm just saying. I think it's something along those lines where she could never afford one growing up. And if you're usually born, like, if you get become deaf, like, when you're younger, and you don't get a hearing aid, you, pr- you usually don't get one when you're older. Yeah, I don't know. So basically we learned that... Her dad was killed by Ronan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we get that Imagine Dragons, which is the first or one of the funniest scenes in the show. And Kate and Clint are basically captured and they're 
on their tape so, like, to these like so um, Clint escapes first, puts his arms in front. Kate falls, and um, they get their tape behind their backs. Now, if Kate just listened, well, he's signing. No, it was the other dude. It wasn't him. Oh, it was Kazi. It was Kazi. Kazi was signing. And then so Clint, was... Clint starts to use the friction of the little like carnival animal thing that he's riding um to break because his they tape. They just keep turning the Tracksuit Mafia just keeps turning them on. Yeah. And laughing at them. And this is where Maya thinks that he relies too much on his hearing aid. Because they fight and she knocks it out of his ear and crushes it and completely just demolishes him in a fight. So here's the subtle detail um, that I did not pick up on until I watched the Easter egg video is that all of the arrows that Clint fires in the scene are non-lethal. Mm-hmm. Which, Clint doesn't kill. And his hearing aid gets broken. It get he she crushes it. Like just full on just stomps on it and like breaks it in half. And so basically Kate is having to Talk. communicate with him without Clint being able to hear her. And it is funny as can be. Like when they steal a car. And he's like, I'm not stealing that car. She's like, No, we're stealing this one. He was like, No. But not hearing her, he was just saying, No, we're not stealing that one. Yeah. And then like while driving around. And miscommunication is really funny. Yes. Where she would say one thing and then he would say the exact same thing like to her for and this is where we get all of our trick arrows, including Oh yeah, this... the giant pim arrow. Oh my gosh, the trick arrows are so awesome. Oh my gosh. They're the highlight of this show. For like, sure. they're my favorite thing of this show. Like, I love Hawkeye. This definitely catapulted this show to his favorite. Just, just the Pym arrow, just the shocking arrow, just the gas arrows. And then we get the giant Pym arrow that she he tells Kate, shoot the arrow up and high and over. And he shoots it with the Pym arrow and it makes a giant freaking arrow. Which is by far my favorite thing. We've ever. got one that is like it shoots out like webs and it like throws a bunch of Christmas trees against the car. Yeah. There's a big. There's one that like shoots a bunch of like purple blobs everywhere. Um. There. There's. They. He does one that's like a, a USB arrow that he just does as a pure distraction. That. Uh. No. He says. Uh. He tells Kate to shoot at. Shoot it. Yeah. He's like. She's like. I hope you have a dongle arrow also. <laughs> For the USB arrow to connect. Uh, that joke is not going to age very well, but it is funny. Because he's going to grab the suction cup arrow. Yeah. And he's like, okay, use this as a distraction. And so, and then the train scene's also funny. Oh, yeah. He, he, she says we need to feed, <laughs> feed the, dog, the dog, and then like 20 <laughs> seconds later, Clint says, yeah, we need to feed the dog. And it's just, because he can't hear her at all. Yeah. Which just makes the scene And then there's a really, really sad scene when they get back to the apartment, and Nathaniel calls, the little kid calls, and Kate has to, like, translate on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And basically he's calling to, like, ask if his dad's gonna be home for a movie night. And it's just so sad. Because Clint can't hear him, and so... It is. It's very sweet, though, and I, I think that the dynamic between him and Kate is just very sweet. And I love that this show, when we're hearing it from Hawkeye's point of view, everything is muffled, where he can hear, but he can't distinguish voices. Yeah, I really like how it's edited in that way. I think it does a really good job of kind of 
multiple scenes have been like this where like especially the one where they're at the the diner mm-hmm. when they decide pizza dog's name essentially each shot is shot from like basically you're looking through the other character's eyes yeah and a lot of show a lot of the show is shot from either Clint or Kate's perspective yeah some of it isn't obviously and but then- I just love the sound editing of the show with the It's genius. Because honestly. even with the sound editing of like the the ant the the Pim arrow where it was sounding like a normal arrow and then it got big and then it would Yeah. When it was going like like normal like whistle sounding of an arrow. And then it just got loud all of a sudden when it got big. Like those yeah. subtle sound things like really piqued my interest in this show. And we learned that Kazi worked for Maya's father. You know what? To bring up Hawkeye's deafness again, like when he hears people talking, you know what it reminds me of? The peanut mom. Like the peanut parents. Where you you know who's talking, but you can't make out the words. Is it the wom 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 Yes. Where he can't, where Hawkeye can't make out the word, like, he doesn't know who's talking. I know that there are people who watch peanut cartoons religiously. I am not one of those people. Same here. Peanuts freak me out. I don't know why. They're. It's hard I know some people are like they have to watch the get the you're a good man Charlie Brown or the Charlie Brown Christmas special or whatever or it the is Halloween one. Yeah, I've I've never enjoyed them, frankly. Yeah, I don't know. They freak me out. And Kate and Clint go get his hearing aid fixed. And this is the scene in the diner where um Kate's like, you have a branding problem, and so she draws him a new outfit, and it's his comic book outfit. It's the original. Comic book outfit, which, when I do the deep dive on Hawkeye, I'll have his first costume compared to the new, the, I'm not, with the new costume that he has at the end of this one, we'll use. But yeah, just check out our Patreon. I have a ton of videos up of Falcon Winter Soldier. Hopefully, end of this week, I'll have all of Hawkeye and Loki's done. There's just a ton of people I have to cover for Loki and the TVA and all that. Yeah. So, it's just taking some little bit of extra we, we time. We got kind of backed up. Yeah. Um. This is where I clocked that the this is Blair's apartment from Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. Let me know if that's true, if you've seen both shows, because I think it, it, it's undeniable, personally. Yeah, so... Kate can't get into her account at work, so they go to the mom's penthouse to get into her account to look up Jack and Cosby. We learn that Cosby is part of a business a, that Jack owns. What is it called? Sloan LLC. Sloan, Sloan Limited. Sloan Limited. And we later learn that the Shell Corporation, but we don't know that yet. Yeah. Um, And then the episode ends with... Um, Jack holding Hawkeye up by gun, not gunpoint. With the Ronin blade. With sword point, I guess. With the Ronin blade. Yeah. So that is the end of episode three. So, so far, how do the shows rank for you? Um, how far with Hawkeye? Not including what happens after episode four. So, Hawkeye one through three with the other three shows. Still WandaVision's the top. Okay. And then it would be Loki and then Falcon. Hawkeye's last? It quickly go then switches with Falcon. Okay. After. Yeah, mine is Hawkeye solely just on the trick arrows. But I also like Hawkeye. 
You kind of always liked Hawkeye, though. Yeah, Hawkeye is a very interesting character that I wish they did better of in the MCU. I think that Hawkeye is criminally underrated. I really hope Hawkeye has a role in the Daredevil TV show that comes out, I think, next year. I really hope We'll so. get more into the Daredevil connections in the next, um, on Friday's episode. Um, it uh, just doesn't play a role right now. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I hope he has a role in Daredevil's show, which got confirmed. I also really love Kate Bishop as a character. I think Haley Steinfeld did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. She has just the right amount of quirk that I think was necessary for this character. Yeah. And, you know, I love, um, uh, Linda Cardellini. Cardellini? Yeah. I mean, she was Velma. Yeah, she's Velma. She's also in a ne- one of the original Netflix originals called uh, Blood Ties or Blood Feud. Um, where check that show out. It's very, it's very dark, but also very, very interesting. Yeah, well, and this is what I have appreciated with which Peter Parker as well is that they let their young characters be young and dumb for yes. for lack of a better phrasing compared or with Tom Holland's. Because I feel like a lot of, and I don't think the MCU does it often, but I think a lot of these characters can be characterized as being like, they can do no wrong, they can make no mistakes. Yeah. Whereas Peter Parker has been let, they they let him make mistakes, and mistakes that are incredibly genuine for his age group. I mean, look at Tobey Maguire's. He killed the guy who killed Uncle Ben. Yeah. And Spider-Man doesn't kill. But, like, this is what I love about Haley Seinfeld's performance is that she, like this whole conversation we had in the beginning of the, you know, young people think that they're invincible, is, like, that's how she feels almost because she's... She's also a master archer. She's also a master martial artist in multiple different fields where she... She's been training to essentially work with Hawkeye, in a yeah. way. But I I think that her performance is incredible, and I think that, I feel like she feels age-appropriate. Um, Like, she, like, you know how you watch a show and you're like, that is not a teenager, mm-hmm. they look 30? Yeah. Um, Like, Haley Seinfeld, even though I think she's, I think she's our age. Um, she looks young. But she, like, I think she sells... Young. Young. Yeah. So, yeah. Like Tom Holland. That is part one of our Hawkeye coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything left to say? So join us on Friday for episodes four through six. Yeah. And we'll see you then. Bye. If you would like to send us any feedback or any messages, you can follow us over on Instagram at thefanclub underscore podcast or on Twitter at fanclub underscore podcast or you can discuss each episode with us over on our subreddit which is which is reddit.com slash r slash the fan club podcast and make sure that you tune in every marvel monday